0: Welcome back to the Section K podcast. Today is Tuesday, February the eighteenth. Three hundred and sixty-seven days it has been since we started the Section K podcast. It's been a hell of a year. Been a wild ride. Been a fun ride with two of my best buds, CBL Colburn Blue Larson and Cody Headland, Prada of Cali. So, welcome Howdy. to the show today. Um, can't stress enough how fun this year has been with you two guys. Uh been really fun promoting the sport of cutting, talking about cow horses, cutting horses, interviewing trainers and youth people and Baseball non-pros. players. Yeah, baseball players, all-stars. Yeah, it's been a really fun year, and uh, I just wanted to come on here and say thanks to both you guys for being a part of this journey and a part of this ride with me, and of course, got to say thanks to all the listeners out there and everyone that has supported us, uh, whether it be... Any of our friends, people at Cutting Horse Central, um, the trainers and the people that have come on this show, Mr. Charlie Buchanan, people like that, that have taken uh, time out of their busy, busy schedules and graced their presence with us on the Section K podcast. It has meant the world to us. And really and truly, the Section K podcast would be nowhere uh, without every single one of those people. So, huge shout out to everyone that's come on the show. And we look forward to all the people that we are going to have on the show in the future.
1: I think every time we go to the bigger shows and we get to uh, schedule several interviews in a day, and we we get to uh, get to know those guys a little more personal. I think it's pretty uh, unique, I guess, because we kind of get to listen to the interview before we get to release it, and it's we always kind of I think hope for the best every time we go into it, and it usually I feel like. They never let us down on the interviews, so it's always kind of fun when it's over because before we ever go back and listen to it, I know we're always kind of pretty pumped that it's going to be a good one, so I think that's probably one of the the best parts about it. Yeah, another thing to add, too, on
0: that is it's cool at those Triple Crown events and those bigger shows to be able to take – so-and-so or whoever it may be from the arena and and it's kind of like a getaway in a way for for some of those people to come over and maybe take an hour an hour and a half and come hang out behind the booth and and shoot the breeze with us so yeah I agree CBL that's definitely been a highlight of the year for me
2: I think taking a different approach to promoting the sport of cutting and and just the positive thoughts and feedback that people have given us that um listen and and the emails that we get for you know recommendations or just the, the different take we have on and we've created, I guess, through the cutting horse industry. I mean, a lot of people listen just to listen to what we have to say, which is kind of silly. But I think that's probably been my favorite part and, and getting to meet new people that you probably wouldn't have um, went out of your way to go talk to. And then getting emails like, hey, you guys need to put your podcast on Spotify like it is now because yeah, we be have sure so, to check that out. so many people that also have or listen to their podcasts on spotify and we'd almost went a year without even doing that
0: <laughs> and um, huge shout out to maxwell carlisle for putting that plan into action they uh, i guess he works at a feed store somewhere and they love to bump the section k podcast yeah. over their smart tv and all they had was spotify so big shout out to Mr. Carlisle yeah. putting no, that, that plan was, into action. So I think
2: that, that's that been my favorite part is just the feedback. And and you realize that cutting is alive and well in so many different areas of the world. I mean, we've seen the stats say that there's downloads in Europe and Germany and, and then Australia and Brazil, and it's just like, holy smokes. Like,
0: Australia is one of our, like, biggest markets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, they
2: love us over there. Like, my buddy Billy Servan, he was back here for the fraternity. His, his wife won the – uh, Limited non
0: nonprofiturity, yeah. Yeah. Amelia.
2: Yep. And uh he was like, Oh yeah, we listen every week, mate. Like he, they just they really enjoy it and it's it's cool to it's cool to be a part of that.
0: Well and that's why we do it, just because when I was younger and first getting into the sport, like I wanted to take in as much cutting horse content, read about it, listen about it, watch as many YouTube videos as I possibly could, just because whenever you do get sucked in and you are involved, you wanna absorb Any knowledge and every bit of knowledge that's accessible. So I'm really happy that we've been able to uh, help the people with some of that.
2: And I'm really excited too of the other podcasts that we've seen pop up now. Um, And I don't necessarily want to say like because of us, but because we didn't have the idea of podcasting. It's been around forever. We just chose to start talking about cutting horses. But now, you know, Chris Dawson and Russell Dilde have their cow horse full contact. Uh, Louisa has.
0: Cutting Edge Podcast. Her Cutting,
2: her cutting Edge Podcast, and, and I mean, it's just good for the sport to get that kind of exposure all around the world where people can just listen to it on their phone be or sure to on check, their smart TVs.
0: Yeah, be sure to check both those out, uh, the Cutting Edge Podcast and Chris Dawson's podcast, Cow Horse, Full, Full Contact. Contact. Yeah, that is some funny stuff. Chris Dawson's <laughs> yeah, I've hilarious. I've enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, I've really liked listening to, to all those guys. So yeah, what a year it's been um, on today's show. We're going to talk about the... Open finals that just concluded at the Bonanza Cutting, uh, both the Open 5-6 and the Open Derby, as well as the intermediate classes uh, in both those open divisions. Uh, we also discuss uh, some of the big names that are now rolling back into the intermediate class and uh, some of our thoughts on what that means to the sport of cutting and whether or not we think it's good for cutting and uh, just kind of the, the turnaround on um, the intermediate Uh, class and those results there at the bonanza cutting so big shout out to everyone that's been listening for uh, every week for the past year Um, world's greatest horseman that's going on too hopefully be going to watch some of that big shout out mr clint allen marked a 223 in the herd work uh, in the first uh, event there at the world's greatest horseman we'll be cheering for all of our section k podcast interviewees i believe spud And Clint, those may be the only two guys that have come on the show that are in the uh, world's greatest. But, yeah, be looking for some of that on our Instagram feed. I'll be going up and hopefully putting some stuff on the story. So, yeah, be sure to sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode of the Section K Podcast.
2: Shout out, Clint, too, showing Magic Metal Man a cutting horse turned cow horse.
1: This episode is brought to you by Brazos Valley Stallion Station. The roster of stallions at Brazos Valley Stallion Station located in Stevenville, Texas, is shaping the performance horse world with its unique stallions representing the cutting, cow horse, roping, and barrel racing industries. The skill and experience of the entire staff and the one-of-a-kind facility provide a vital center to ensure your breeding success. For a complete listing of stallions and more information, visit BrazosValleyStallionStation.com or like their page on Facebook, Brazos Valley Stallion Station lp
0: belton texas the bonanza cutting it appears that there was quite the turnout for the 2020 maiden voyage at the new belton exposition center they're right off i-35 between waco and austin starting out in the five six-year-old open finals the other day mr matt gaines iron man and metallic drifter marked a 223 First out in the finals for the championship for owners James and Marsha Van Gilder. Looked like a pretty good five six open finals. Uh, we had our usual suspects in there. Carolina Rain and Matt Miller were third. Metallic curveball and Jesse. Old Smiley marked a two twenty-one for the reserve championship. Uh, overall though, pretty solid paydays for the top six entries. Mr. Rolls Royce was also up there marked to two twenty nine <laughs> marked a two nineteen in the finals. He also had our friend Tatum Rice marking a 219 and a half on Miss Kitty Russell for Kevin and Sydney Knight. The Bonanza. Headlands heading out in the morning. What were y'all's thoughts on the 5-6 finals?
2: Looked like a pretty tough cutting again. Cows looked a little waspy. I think that, that'd be why we're not seeing the high scores that we've been accustomed to the last couple cuttings, I think. But, um, overall, Matt did a good job being first out. Looked like he had a tough run and Held some tough cows and came out, came away with the W in that first whole draw. So
0: Yeah, you talk about the tough cows. It looked too after that first go round of open competition, it looked like they narrowed the pin up. Um
2: Yeah, they had to change ad- a few things, adjusted the
0: dirt. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I uh, I haven't really seen too many shows changing locations or moving into a new uh, expo center like that beautiful one down in Belton. But I did think that was interesting after uh, the first day of competition. They dialed some stuff back and uh, narrowed the pin, adjusted the ground. And as always, that had to have affected some of the scores too, just uh, being in a new place. Um, Working out the kinks Yeah unfamiliar surroundings for Not just the people but the horses too But overall uh, look like the 5-6 open finals were Fantastic and uh, fun to watch Per usual just like those 5-6 Open finals anywhere you go are uh, In the 4 year old Those just wrapped up on Monday morning uh, Today the day we are recording this uh, My neighbor Matt Miller, Poolville, Texas Hit the flow I've been wanting to say that for a while guys CBL, I know you like that horse. You were, I think that was you asking us before the finals this morning if we had seen that one in the go rounds, and neither of us, myself or Cody, had seen Hit the Flow work in the go rounds. But obviously, uh, he was working good. Matt Miller showed up in the last hole draw, marked a half for the near twenty four thousand dollar payday. Uh, Sanctus Rodrigo Toboga, man, Cody was saying it before the show. I feel like Rodrigo is just right there and uh really close to winning one of these open events and he was super close today uh sanctus he had that horse working extremely well and then uh, another guy from the bow guy and cutting horses bow guy and himself and Buon vino marked a 220 and a half for the third place payday for owner billy wolf of whitesboro texas overall though great four-year-old finals didn't you think Hedlin?
2: yeah and it looked like uh same thing there uh, the cows looked tough i felt like and it
0: you uh, definitely wanted to be in that second set it looked like the yeah. second set was better than the first set to me
2: yeah no I would agree but I think that's why all those scores were so close too because everybody had a little bit of a bobble or there was something that wasn't perfect about their run and they had a hard time separating them but I thought it was kind of ironic Matt Gaines winning the 5-6 finals being first out and then Matt Miller winning the 4-year-old finals being dead last and just like we said last time, it doesn't matter. Any draw in the finals is a good draw, especially with the caliber of horses that we have going up and down the road.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't even think about that, but two different divisions. One one winning from the first hole, one winning from the last hole, but Another person that I really wanted to make note of is James Payne. It seems like every one of these finals, he just slips in there deep in the finals and marks a really good score and slips out of there with a really good payday. And he did that today on Robert Masterson's horse, Bluetooth smart. I really liked that run a lot. Uh, That horse looks sweet. I'm sure Robert's going to take a turn on that one here later in the week. Uh, You had your non-pro Futurity co-champion, Courageous and West Galleon. They marked a 220 early on in the finals. Um, I really like that run, but uh, like you mentioned, it's not over till the fat lady sings, and all these horses are so talented, and these showmen are so good that it doesn't really matter when you draw up. I mean, I really thought uh, West G had a a really good run, but I knew uh, that 220 wasn't going to get the job done just because of how tough the competition is nowadays. Um, Another horse... I wanted to give a shout out to, I thought he looked great all week, was old Nicky Six. We just had Taryn on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago. He advanced two horses to the finals, uh, Nicky Six and C.R. Too tough to break for Heidi McAllister of Houston, Texas. Yeah, Nicky Six, I think he marked a 218 in the finals. Looks to be a, a good place to show and a good show environment. Uh, I think the weather has cooperated. Uh, it hadn't been as cold and rainy as it has been in North Texas here the last week, so... Uh, I know Cody is going to be heading down tomorrow doing some day tripping down to Belton. So me and CBL will be sending our good vibes to Mr. Headland, cruising down to Belton to show in the four-year-old non-pro.
2: This episode of the Section K Podcast is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tech. Tech handcrafted by Cowboys for Cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high-quality tech for training, working and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtack.com.
0: The Open Intermediate Champs, Mr. Jody Gallion, won the Open Derby Intermediate aboard Little Miss Jackson for Thomas Humperville. And in the five-six Open Intermediate, Steve-O the Buckeye, Won that championship, marking a 222 aboard USS Tucker for the Sweet Blessings Ranch. Guys, what are y'all's thoughts on some of these big time names rolling back into the intermediate competition? You got Jody Galleon, two in the open intermediate finals, and you have Steve Aloff winning the 5'6 open intermediate. What were y'all's thoughts on that?
2: Well, uh, I mean, they're just following the rules and entering the classes. I know it's a it's a tough look because both of them are in the riders' Hall of Fame and have won millions of dollars, but, you know, the <clears throat> the way the rules were st- stated at the Bonanzas, it was a $200,000 rollback uh, type deal for, you hadn't have, if you hadn't won 200000 in the past two years, then you could roll back into the intermediate. So I think it's a good way for, uh, you know, somebody that maybe hadn't had as many horses or had some bad luck on some horses and didn't have a good couple of years can roll back and, and go into the intermediate. Um, obviously the, um, the picture of it doesn't look very good when you got two guys that are winning it that have won a million dollars, but Hey, they're following the rules. So, I mean, I'd enter it too, if I, if I was eligible for it. And, uh, but it's, it's a, I see the pros and cons. I'm sure there's a lot of people that were up in arms about it and, and I see the pros and cons to it, but, hey, everybody needs a spot to make some money and and uh, it opens tough enough as it is anyway. So if you can disperse a little bit and, and make more people happy and make more people winning money and coming back cutting, uh, it's good positivity for the sport, I think.
1: Cody, here's the hard-hitting question I'll ask you. Do you think it is good for the sport? I think it's all about
2: perception of the sport. If you want the sport to grow and continue to grow, I think there's a there's definitely a place for it. There's gonna have to be some tweaks to the rules, I'm sure. Um, but uh, all in all, I think it just it brings more people to the cutting. I mean, some of those people just showed in the intermediate, so they came down um, to Belton just to show in the intermediate because they knew that the big big opens too tough. You know, they don't have a horse that. Maybe compete, or maybe they can't. They don't think they can compete, so um, they came down there and showed in the intermediate at Belton, and they might even have some uh, customers that are shown in the amateur. I know at the Ike, everybody that was the intermediate champions at the Ike, they were all there for the rest of the cutting, helping their non pros and amateurs throughout the the end of the Ike at West Monroe. So,
0: yeah, these rollbacks too, also. Give some of these owners that have been supporting some of these trainers that like you say might have just not had the horse flesh or had some tough luck in the show pen or just maybe haven't been going to show as much but also showing up and being able to win close to 10 grand in their in- intermediate that makes your owner very happy and being able to keep owners interested and keep people excited about uh, still entering horses and paying their bills I think that's also super important too just being able to Keep as many people involved for as long as possible.
1: I think the the one thing for me that uh, is the most confusing part about it, because I, I mean, me personally, uh, just looking as as it in uh, trying to in a positive way of moving forward for the NCHA. I mean, I don't see it as that big of an issue. I can see why some people don't like to see that uh, someone that's won over a million dollars. Uh, is shown in an intermediate class, but just like you, the points you guys have made, I mean, I, I see, I mean, I can see the reason why, but the thing that uh, I would like for to maybe make more sense is just every show kind of have the same structure on who's eligible for that class because just on the different shows, it's sometimes hard to understand uh, uh, what the difference is on who. who who can show and what right now I feel like the
0: classes are as convoluted as they've ever been just because we're going from leveled shows to some that aren't leveled to having a triple crown event. that's going to be leveled here in a couple of weeks or in a month or so. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. CBL it just definitely makes everything harder to understand. And you have to be sure to read the show rules, not just the NCHA rules, but you have to read the local show rules and decipher what the classifications are and what category you or your horse or your trainer, whoever it may be, that's showing falls under. Because I agree, C. Bill, it is extremely hard to decipher who's shown in what and who's eligible for what and who's going to where, when, all that. So,
1: Ideally, I mean, uh, understand, or I guess I understand too, is like this has kind of been a work in progress. Uh, but ideally uh, – I one would hope that any NCHA approved show uh once it get it I feel like it should be getting close to being ironed out but it, it, we I guess one would hope that NCHA approved shows are under one leveling system for the future and I think that would make everything uh that is maybe questioning at the moment it would be a lot more clear uh to everybody for everybody to understand uh if it was one set guidelines for everybody.
0: Well, and I think too, I think this is a conversation for another day, but maybe later in the fall we could have it. But so many people, CBL, don't want to mess with the fraternity They don't want to mess with leveling the fraternity And I feel like that has been what has held back just a uniform leveling system is just the idea of messing with our premier event and changing the classifications and how our premier event has been run in years past. So I do think that I would like to pick some of our past guests and big time trainers, owners, breeders, whoever it may be about what their thoughts are on that. Because I I mean, the futurity, as we've talked about numerous times, how important it is to everyone involved in cutting and how that's The ultimate dream at the end of the day is to win the futurity in your classification whether it's open non-pro or amateur or even in the limited classes it's still a hell of a feat to train a three-year-old and take it to the futurity so i do think that is a conversation that will be interesting to have and we definitely do need to have it because it's getting to the point where we need to decide what our universal leveling system is going to be just so it isn't as convoluted and it is isn't as hard to uh, decipher everything.
2: And doesn't change from show to show.
0: See, and I think that's the most important thing is yeah. w- even if it's like the novice classes, you have novice horse classes that are one way at one show that are based off of weekend money. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And then you have other novice classes, whether it, I'm not sure if it's the based BI. Off, or, yeah, based off yeah, total earnings yeah, and, and so stuff. that's another thing that I think needs to be addressed too is – having a set novice horse aged event class, whether it's based off all money one or weekend money one, or, I mean, it would seem to make sense that it would be either aged event money or total earnings, because why would you mess with, I mean, that would, that should just fall under the total earnings umbrella, if you ask me, but.
1: Hey, k would you explain that just a little bit more on uh, whether you're talking about just if that was for a, at a weekend show, or are you talking about strictly just at an aged event?
0: Um, I'm talking strictly at an aged event. I know there's been um, just the numerous aged events that we have across the country. I can't remember the exact one or who produced it, but I know there was a novice horse class. I believe it was in the four-year-old open class, and the uh, way those horses fell into that category was it was just based off how much money – they had won at weekend shows. So that kind of made no sense to me. We're at an aged event, and we're going off weekend money to put a horse in the novice class. So, yeah, I, th- I thought it was kind of weird that... Well,
2: a perfect example was when my dad and I won West Texas on Metellus Cat when he was five. The rules at the West Texas fraternity were, you're el- your horses are eligible for the novice class based on weekend money. and. We hadn't shown him that, but maybe two weekend classes his whole career at that point because we had just done age events on him, and so he was eligible for the novice. So when we won the regular non-pro and regular open, we also won the novice class on a horse that had won over. And everyone's a, like, "What? What's how? How at was he point. eligible for yeah. that?" And I think the year before uh, Matt had won it on Sweet Little Amanda, and then it just happened here recently again at the Ike, and crazy one the novice and it's just there need there needs to be a clarification of i feel like or one set rule is what you're talking about that it's either based on this or based on that to make it easier to understand so people will know what they're entering or they can know what they need to enter before they even get to the
0: cutting well too and that novice check some horse that hey it cashes yeah i mean that's (laughs) money that can pay for that horse going to that show and those entry fees and those shavings and those miles. So, yeah, no,
2: I, I always try to make sure and check and, and look at that because you never know when you can fork over another 500 bucks and hopefully win you some back or just lose it all.
0: That's all we got for this week's episode of the section K podcast. Once again, Big thank you to all of our listeners for listening not only this week, but for the last year we could not do any of this without any of you guys. So big shout-out to all of you. Uh, Be looking for more content from the Section K podcast. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, email. If there's any other platforms you think we need to be on, y'all be sure to slide in our DMs. We'll be seeing you guys down the road. Deuces. Bye.